WBNE. Howdy, yokes. Before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Break, Breaking and Eggs, Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad and Eggs. Welcome to our new podcast, Breaking Bad and Eggs, where we watch every episode Mary Clay, you of watched the Breaking Bad pilot, right? Breaking Bad. Yes, 100%. Perfect. Affirmative. In this week's episode. Uh, now, is that the episode where they melt the guy, or is that episode two? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think in this episode we make crystal meth. Anyway, Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by the new WBNE.org. The website hasn't really changed, but now it has information on all of the creators on the network, which is really super exciting. It's also brought to you by the new button on WBNE.org. Join WBNE. Hey, do you have a podcast? Are you like, man, I wish I had a network to help grow my podcast and grow my listeners. And also, I wish I could share my listeners with like-minded podcasts so that my listeners had something to listen to all week well man do we have the button on our website for you join wbne on wbne.org you click the button you fill out a little information and then i send you an email it comes from me that email is is from from me and we're looking for you know shows this is a really bad pitch for it but i promise the network is a lot of fun and it's a great way to meet awesome people uh like this episode we we have a network host other than ethan and i just ready to hang out we completely produce your show from top to bottom it's very fun anyway so check out wbne.org and all the cool new stuff there and if you're like oh man something's missing send an email to ethanedgehill at gmail.com and have him update it tweet I'm just at kidding. tyler carlin ty carlin 11 on twitter and say hey jerk face something's <laughs> missing <laughs> and then i'll be like oh my gosh what a great idea or i don't really feel like we need to parry the platypus fan page on our website one of the two will happen. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for checking out the website. And hey, maybe we'll see you on the network. That was a little finger guns. Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Burgerin' and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're hunting orcs. Or maybe we're just drowning in a swamp full of dead people. So cast the spirit of an evil sorcerer out of your king and toss me. Because today we're bringing you the Lord of the Rings, Colin the Two Towers. Movie title also has a colon in it. I don't like movie titles with colons in them. Uh, I've learned. I don't like. It's for the dumb like people. people who don't know this is Lord of the Rings. Hi, I'm Ethan Mitchell. Like- That's Tyler Carlin. That's Mary Clay Watt. This movie is directed by Peter Jackson. Came out December 18, 2002, 6,516 days ago on a $94 million budget, which is one more than Fellowship of the Ring. Made $951.2 million worldwide, which is $63.3 million more than Fellowship. Got a 95% critic score and a 95% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 87 on Metacritic. And all of those are higher except for the Rotten Tomatoes audience, which is exactly the same. Uh, I have a negative review from Sarah Sands, the Daily Telegraph, which says, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers is like being trapped in a nerd's bedroom. <laughs> Tyler, do you have a Yo. positive review for me? <laughs> that is a positive review. I have a positive review. It's the same words. It's the same Oh, here we go. I got a better negative review. Uh, Victoria Alexander of Movie Reviews in Croatian says, I'll be the reckless, foolish messenger and enjoy the wrath of, endure the wrath of Lord of the Rings devotees. Compared to the Fellowship, the Two Towers is a big, sprawling disappointment. That's what my parents call me. A big, uh, sprawling disappointment. Before we let Mary Clay talk about how much her parents don't like her, we've got listener reviews. Wait, I have a positive review from a professional critic, but Rotten Tomatoes isn't loading, so... 
I just imagine Chris Evangelista at one point was like, this movie doesn't make Hold me Hold on, I can, I can tell you, because uh, Anthony Lane from The New Yorker said something good about this movie. Hey, hey I like Anthony They didn't Lane. let old Dick Brody talk about it. Anthony Lane says, when Gandalf arrives with reinforcements descending a near vertical slope using horses where you or I would use snowboards, the spirit of triumphant rampage is something rarely glimpsed since the days of Olivier and Henry V. I'm glad I read that because you would have said Oliver. Is there an accent over the E? No, it's there's just, an I in the middle that you wouldn't have read. Yeah, it's not spelled Oliver. Lawrence Olivier uh, like the was the, the original like great screen actor. I think I would have gotten Olivier if there's an I in there. I wouldn't know who that is. Oh, so yes, as Mary Clay alluded to for the $10 patrons, I'm drinking a very full glass of wine. Uh, Mostly I just wanted to finish the the end of what I had left of this Madrid bottle, and it was exactly to the top of my pint glass. They come in pints? It comes in pints? (laughs) I'm getting one. (laughs) As luck would have it, I actually already had the Fellowship open, but uh, not the Two Towers. Uh, Okay, so listener reviews. I've got one from Robin uh, who is English, so I'll do my very best not oh, to. Oh, she's, she's from Liverpool, too. You gotta hit that Scouse accent. I can't do the Scouse. I can't do it. What if I just do, like... Wow, Rotten Tomatoes really isn't loading. Ethan, you no, did break it. It's, like, broken today. I, like, broke it. It's Ethan, working on my computer first only. first Regal Cinemas. Now Rotten Tomatoes. I'm taking down the establishment. <laughs> board Ethan, by board. This is the wrong establishment to take down. This is the one that we devote our Rotten content Tomatoes to. Rotten Tomatoes is unfair. Richard Brody's in there. <laughs> Standing at the concession. Plotting the oppression. Very good, but it suffers from middle movie syndrome as not being memorable as a distinct story in itself. It has some of the best scenes in the series and the Aragorn Legolas Gimli Gimli storyline is very enjoyable, but is also needed to offset the Frodo Sam Gollum scenes, which are often slow and poorly acted. That's from Robin, uh, not from wherever that accent's from. Uh, and then yeah, that was... Mott said, uh, good story, great Wait, action, and quality hold memes. Hold on. What more do you this need? Is, Arguably to... the best of the what series. The hell? <laughs> 89 out of 100. So I picked I picked uh, Mott's review here. I, I think we've read one from Mott's already, and I didn't want to like go. Uh, may, we may not have. Um, I need to start writing down who I've done them from. But I didn't want to go with like the same person week to week. But I really like Mott's review because he's like, this is the best one in the series. Totally good. Uh, 89 out of 100. Like, totally reasonable. The best one in the series is, like, you can you can call it an 8.9. That's fine. I like that. I, just, I enjoy that. Because normally when people are like, oh, out of a thing, this is my favorite. I give it a 14 out of 10. I'm like, okay. But, like, no, that's, I think that's not leaving a Ethan, lot of room for the second Godfather. Ethan, Ethan, suppose you get a call, right? Ned Schneebly is sick. Now Dewey Finn's got to go in. You're Dewey Finn. Uh, Where are you, you going? Have to, you have to... <laughs> You have to grade papers. Do any of your students get a 100 if you're grading essays? Uh, no. <laughs> Not a chance. I would give them all 100s. I would be like, okay, yeah, you that's have the intro paragraph. Like, if, I was, if I was an English teacher, people would hate me. There's no, you're never getting a 100. There's a better paper out there. Obviously, there's a better paper out there. That's not the point. But like, okay, but this is, is not you... the same, this is not the same thing because we're not grading high school papers. We're grading all of the movies ever made. I, I mean, I guess. But like, I this isn't... Reading. Okay, so this isn't as good as Godfather Part 2, okay? This isn't as good as Whiplash. It's just not. It's just not. I love this movie. I will fight to the, to, to the pain that this is the best in the series, but it's not the greatest movie ever made, and that's fine. Speaking of which, Mary Clay, on a scale of 0 to 100... <sighs> How do you rate Lord of the Rings colon the two towers? Okay, this is going to be, and this is going to be a point throughout this episode is I don't like know, I don't know what to do (laughs) because I don't know how to, 
I don't know how to look at this just objectively as a movie because I am coming. Don't, don't. bring in all of your biases. <sighs> it, no, it, I, I and, hate that though because this is so much better than the books. <laughs> but there's some points where it's just not. Um, I love that you. I love that the books could possibly be better than no, anything. No, no. See, that's you. the other thing is that there is no. I, I, I hated with all of my might reading Two Towers. It was probably one of my least favorite things I've ever read, especially the back half. Oh my god, the back half of Two Towers is the worst book I've ever read in my life. Book four. Don't tell J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, you know what? But so I don't. I would me. never in my life say, "Oh, the book was better," because I don't. It, it's uh, okay. Like I just don't know how to. Should I come into this as if I'm just like a everyday movie theater goer, or should no, I come you into this in like all of your biases? In, Mary Claire, we want you to come into this as much as we're going to argue about the, you with this for the next hour and forty five minutes. Uh, yeah, you need to come fight. into this as the host of. That's what I'm talking about. That is what you're here for. That is the reason you're here. Okay. I want to. This is the point exactly where I want to know. How does this stack up? Because I personally stack up to the book. I don't give one half of one rat's left ass cheek about how this stands up to the book. I could not care because the books didn't the books so the books didn't exist to me. They weren't a thing. It was no, like I, I didn't. So I didn't Ethan read them. Bringing all of his biases, so we want yeah, you to do that's that. That's what I'm as saying. Well. Okay. I, okay. I, I this is how I experienced the story for the first time. So when you're like, oh, they made changes, I'm like, actually, the books made changes. The movies were perfect. No. <laughs> Zero out of 100. Zero out of 100 right now. Uh, Come on. 80. 80. That's 80. crazy. That's like so much lower than Fellowship. She gets the Rotten Tomato audience score. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Ethan, did you say anything to back that 80 up? Mary Claire, you just um, like... I think we will hear in the following hour yeah, and a half why. Um, yeah. These are, these are contextless like, points for the most part, right? Like this, will, is, this is the score. I'm going to like I'm going to try my hardest not to do too much of well in the books but there are a couple like pivotal points that are like very big changes that I will talk about so like I'm going to try my darndest to just talk about I, this as a movie. And I do want you to talk about those points because you've been saying that for the past week and I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Like Ooh, like we will. none. We will discuss I remember that your... I was on that's what I'm talking about to talk about the Helm's Deep battle and that was a bad chapter of book. Cuz the battle is four pages the right, actual the battle eight, the other like 28 pages the other hour of audiobook they're looking for Urkin Brand who isn't in the movies <laughs> uh 91 okay uh so that's a vast improvement over last week's 79 this is better than uh Stranger Than Fiction the, the other one isn't this is clearly difficult for all of us <laughs> listeners won't know it because Ethan will edit out all of the long silences in between I know I know so so here I am sitting at last week I was at a 95 on Fellowship because I really, I love, I love the story of the hobbits. I don't know. Maybe it's some, Mary Clay, do you, you don't feel this way because we talk about this all the time, but to me, I feel some relatability. I've always felt like, like a little guy. I think it's because I grew up in my older sibling's shadow in like a town where everybody knew my dad's name. And so I've always felt like the little guy and I've, I've really like related to the hobbit story. And I love how much like hobbit spotlight we get in fellowship and how much is about like their amazing society and their awesome culture existing in this world. And and I just love Fellowship so, so much. So, but I also, on the flip side, in Fellowship of the Ring, there isn't a single moment where Legolas sleds on a shield down a flight of stairs, taking out Urukai on the way. You know, that, so like, it's a tough comparison. Before you give your story, your, your point here real quick, I, I would, can I piggyback on your point? Just, I don't want to change your score, but I, I do kind of want, and I, I if, if you want to, if you want to rate it higher, fine. But I, I think that you should rate it lower. So the number that comes to my mind is 92. Okay. Because like 
on one on one end of this movie, you have Marion Pippin and Treebeard, right? A, that is uh, okay. Oh, Mary Pippin and Treebeard might be my favorite story. Yeah, I'm, I'm diving straight into here. On one hand, of, on one end of this movie, you have Marion and Pippi, Mary and Pippin, Mary and Pippin and Mary Treebeard, Mary Poppins and Treebeard. I would I would pay cash money <laughs> to watch for that, that for that crossover series. <laughs> <laughs> I you know. I wouldn't. <laughs> Move over that so sweet life of Hannah Montana. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and on the other hand, you have uh, Frodo and Sam. And I know that it's a, I know the series is about Frodo bringing the ring to Mordor. No, this movie would be better off without Frodo and Sam. <laughs> Do you understand? Oh, I actually like the Frodo and Sam parts. I I like I. <sighs> so this is where I think I know that I know t- Mary Clay hasn't read Game of Thrones. Taylor hates Game of Thrones. This is where I think Game of Thrones did really well. Is books uh four and five because this was the same way like where you have characters that that you you follow for certain chapters you follow certain characters right right it's told from their it's perspective. Like high fantasy yeah right and and for the first three books you had a certain number of characters and they were all uh they they went all the way through the, the whole book books four and five are the same part of time told from two separate sets of characters and i would rather see all of the the frodo sam Gollum, Faramir, Denethor mess as as like one no, unit. I can tell. I can promise you, you don't, because I read that. <laughs> you should read the book. <laughs> I mean, for sure. But I'm, I'm talking about just as the movie. Like every every time they cut back to Frodo and Sam in this movie, I was like, oh god, Ugh, here we go. Yeah. Mostly it's because like, oh, and I, and this is to Andy Serkis's credit. Like Gollum is hard to watch and oh, listen yeah. to, oh, and like view, and then, like every time he does anything, I'm like, oh, yeah, he did it so. He, he did such a good job with it that I gen- genuinely hate it, which is like what you're supposed to feel towards Gollum, basically. Uh, so but I think watching, I think it's tough, right? Because we have an adaptation of Frodo and the Ring today that we didn't even have in 2002 in any context. In like watching Harry fall apart with the locket is the same thing, right? Yeah. It's like the exact, it's like straight lifted from the text. Yeah. Uh, and I think watching Daniel Radcliffe, who I think, is phenomenal in this role after playing it for seven years go through that it's tough to watch elijah wood who i think is great but i just think there's no point of reference for what he's doing right and i i I like watching him battle with his like the ring making him more powerful this is what i love about frodo as a character and about hobbits is that the ring increasing frodo's power makes him more compassionate and has him find compassion for Gollum, which i think is fascinating i don't like think the elijah wood was ample- the right person for frodo yeah. yeah he's got a few good moments when he for sure when 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 this is a good moment in the film when the ring wraith is there and frodo gets tackled to the ground by sean astin mm-hmm. and sean and he pulls the sword on him i was like that is the best moment in the movie for, for sure that for is sure. the best acting moment in the movie okay uh, mm. Do you disagree? I just, yeah, I just like don't, I don't like Elijah Wood because I think the other thing is I came into this with like only outside perceptions of what the movies are. And one of the, basically one of the only things that people talk about in relation to Elijah Wood in this role is like how stupid he looks in it. And so like, if you look up on the gifts and Twitter Frodo, it's all derpy faces all the time. And so I can't like get rid of that. And he also, he doesn't it's he almost feels like a cartoon sometimes like I just don't I don't really like him in this in this role at all and he's okay but there are just some moments where I'm like I don't know what you're like he got really close to the mark but he he missed it still well so here's no I think you're thinking of Peter Jackson's directing in which they all got really close to the camera here's the problem uh with with Frodo Baggins okay 
and this is this is truly why I think not that I want to compare this to Potter, but like they struck gold with Daniel Radcliffe, right? Because mm-hmm. the kid's yeah, eleven years old, and yet they have no idea what he's going to turn out like, and he is turned out to be. Just a phenomenal character actor that, that you buy into the part, right? And Elijah Wood, you needed the same thing, right? You needed a nobody because he had to be Frodo. Like, it couldn't be anybody else. You can't have any perception of this dude, right? Like, he has to be Frodo. Right. And Frodo is not as young as Harry. No, he's not as young as Harry, but it's such a huge part. Like, you have... There's so much that goes on in Frodo's head and, and that you have to portray. And this is, like, this is the problem they ran into with the, uh, with the Hunger Games, right? Because they can't have... Jennifer Lawrence Jennifer narrating. Lawrence playing Katniss. R- what? Oh, the fact that she couldn't narrate ruined the book, right. the movies. Yeah, yeah. Like that was just that was a, <laughs> that was a hurdle you were never gonna overcome. And I just right. I think that Elijah Wood did a very good job. There's definitely moments where he is the the weak link mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, and and, and it, you know is is this whole cast of of people that were great or people that could have been great or people that turned out to be great. Um, and everybody was already somebody like when this came out, except for Orlando Bloom, who turned out to be an elf boy. All right. <laughs> What do you mean? All right. Oh, you mean you, you mean, mean Orlando Bloom? I mean, this like, is the, this is the best acting Orlando Bloom's ever done for sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay, gotcha. no, gotcha. I think Will Turner's his best acting, but Orlando Bloom was Will Turner, until... in, Will Turner in one. But that was that was the year after Return of the King. Mm-hmm. Like the, he since since Pirates of the Caribbean one, Caribbean hasn't one came out. Anything, basically, yeah. he really hasn't been that guy. Well, okay, because here's what happens: you're Orlando Bloom, right? You're Legolas. And then you're Will Turner, and from like 2009 until 2019, the most expensive film ever made was The Pirates of the Caribbean right. at World's End, which means you got a fat yeah. check for that film. Yeah. And, and then, now he's you know, married to Katy, Katy Perry, and they just had a child together in in August. And Katy Perry is cashing those American Idol. And again, checks. it's like for for two and three, you're up against Johnny Depp and Keira Knightley. It's not fair. It's not fair to him. Like it's not with these two wonderful avant garde. Right. Like D- D- Johnny Depp may be the greatest character actor ever in the role of his life. Yeah, ever in in the role he was made for. Keira Knightley, uh, again, who they they were like, oh, you were cool in. Uh, <laughs> In Phantom Menace, sure. Let's let's give you the lead. <laughs> you lead had no female. speaking she lines. Was like, she was like, "Cool, I'm gonna crush it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> gonna go do... be Kira Knightley, right?" Yeah. Um, what a struggle. I love. That's a movie that uh, I often forget about when thinking of like my ten favorite films. What Pirates? Yeah, Pirates One. Pirates One. That's a good one. Because it, good it, ones. it is and it isn't the best one in the series at the same time because it's completely separate from the rest of the series, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't tie in at all. I mean, it does a little bit, but like, and not at all. Because they were, yeah, because it was a situation where they were just making it and then it did well enough that they're like, oh, they let's do making, another. Right. They were, and they like were making two, the ride into a movie. Three is a direct sequel, sequel to two, but two is bad and three is great and four is bad and oh, five is two. worse. No, I love two. I love you two. Love no, two. I, I think people we've, love I think two we've, two. I think we've discussed this yeah, on we this podcast before. But there's, that's also like a, that is a, that is a, I would say a 50, 50 split. People would be like, oh, two is my favorite. Three is my favorite. And then one gets lost because it's, it's so much, it's so separate from all of them. Anyway, for Elisha Wood, not the worst acting in this movie though. That goes to Theoden for sure. Uh, uh, okay, so that's, a, I didn't he, realize. He's, he's the highs and the lows, right? Like he's so good and then he's so bad. The I did not realize so watching it today just now um 15 minutes ago <laughs> um was the second time I've ever seen this movie and the first time watching it I didn't really like pick up on like what a dick oh my god Theoden is the worst in the movie and that's like watching it I was like Theoden is not like this at all in the book he's a much better leader 
And you know what? When you're a kid, you don't get it. I never got it until this time. Mm-hmm. That he's like, yeah. he's a bad king, right? Yeah. Like, he sucks. And he's like, Aragorn's like, I think we need to stay and fight. And he's like, and who are you? Like, last I checked, Aragorn, no, Theoden, not Aragorn, was king of Rohan. And I'm like, well, last I checked, you were possessed by Saruman. But I'm not even, so, right. I'm, I'm not even talking about the character there. I'm talking about delivery, because that line he gives, like... Right there is perfect. And then, you know, when we cut to him in the press box in the middle of the Battle of Helm's Deep, and he's just like, loose your weapons, whatever. And he's got two guys, like, standing right behind him, like he's the he's the king of elves in the first scene of the movie. Get away! It's just not, uh, like, he goes back and forth, and, like, the obviously the delivery during the, when he's possessed by uh That by scene is great. Sarma. Like, that's a great sequence. Right, like, he's got so much to work with there, right? And then he's the, like. The laugh, the f- laugh that he does like <laughs> you and helm and no then, it, then at the end he's like yeah. he's like helm's deep has fallen yeah we're gonna die i need and much Aragorn, more of a i need a much more of a hamilton like where's my son and that's what he, he literally says where is my son where's my son <laughs> he just doesn't care because in the back of his mind he knows he's dead or whatever yeah because he's um, like that part that part's like terrible because you're like he doesn't you know he like come when he finally comes to he realizes like the consequences of everything that happened and it's like terrible. Um, Can I share some movie trivia for you real yeah. quick? Yeah. It's totally unrelated. Anytime somebody watches Two Towers, somebody has to like push their glasses up their nose. Are you going to say it? I know. Trivia. I feel like I know what you're going to say before you say it. So say it. Did you know that when Viggo Mortensen <laughs> kicks the helmet and screams, he actually broke two of his toes? Did you know that? I actually didn't know that. Yes, oh, when yeah. he kicks the helmet. I didn't know that. Yeah. This is literally yeah. it's like a meme in and of itself where it's like, like everyone has to share this. You know the I literally wait wait wait. So listeners, if you if you I made it to, I made it into a one does not simply meme for today for Tolkien. I said one does not simply see Aragorn kick the helmet and not say Vigo Mortensen actually broke his toe there. I didn't know that. So <laughs> and wild. they kept they kept the take. They so, kept the take. You wouldn't believe it, Ethan. The take where he breaks his toe, that's the hey, do you one guys, they Have used. you guys seen Django Unchained where Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio, breaks, Leonardo then, uh, DiCaprio <laughs> breaks the glass and slams his hand down on broken glass they, like, and then rubs his the own off, blood yeah. all over that girl's face? Man, I don't want to work with Tarantino. That sounds scary. No, I don't want to work with DiCaprio. That sounds he was, scary, too. I can't remember. Was that, I think that was before... His Oscar, right? So at that point, yes. he yeah. was like, "Yeah, yeah." He was like, "Please, for the love of God!" But yeah, like so the camera, the camera cuts away at one point, and so they've got it. They've got a different one on him, and and Tarantino like looks at him like, "Are you good?" And he's like, "Don't stop," <laughs> and just goes and rubs his actual blood on this girl's face, and she had no idea what was going on. Like that's great. That movie's so good, and not because of that, just because of everything. I mean, it's Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio, Samuel Jackson, and. And, when and people do Jamie crazy Fox stuff, it's Waltz. so good. Yeah. Um, and then another thing is that uh, Orlando Bloom broke a rib during this movie. And apparently it was something that everyone else in the cast made fun of him for. Because he w- he was like, oh, you know, it's just a crack rib. So I just went back to work the next day. And then every it like cuts to everyone else's interviews. And he's and they're like, I've oh, yeah, he just, he just sat around moaning and being like, oh, it hurts, it hurts. And then it cuts back to Orlando. Orlando and he's like oh they've been making fun of me okay <laughs> and then um also also Gimli's uh body you know body double stunt, stunt double, actor yeah. um apparently tore his ACL at one point and so all of the landscape shot the like helicopter shots of them running in the beginning oh my god they're the parts all... where the helicopters are very clearly like falling out of the sky <laughs> god this movie needed drones yeah 
What, uh, but those wouldn't be in you know mainstream invented for another 10 15 years. years yeah i know god though every single like over a mountain it was like <laughs> i mean it was awful it was so bad uh even so the the tight shots continue in this film there's a scene where they have they're, like they're better horses. though they're better uh, mm, there's a scene where they have horses running and then they just cut to the horses faces for like three mm-hmm. seconds and then you go back to the but horses like, okay running. so so a lot of things have improved about this movie. Um, the editing has improved. Uh, mm. Some of the cinematography has improved. There's a lot less like Dutch angles in this one, uh, like bad, like hard to watch Dutch angles. But Howard Shore <laughs> crushed this movie so hard. Anytime, like anytime the Rohan themes comes in, I'm just like, oh god, this is such a good piece of music. Crushed it, and the and the freaking the Urukai in in uh, in Isengard, like dun 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 dun, dun. every time, ah. Oh. Howard Shore. Yeah, that. I like the part where the Ents. I like the part where they're like. I like the part where the Ents. Yeah, that's the whole part I like. Period. I I also like the part where I think there's some cool parallels here, where they're like, the only thing that could destroy Helm's Deep is this little tiny thing at the front of the building, and I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why on earth is this even a thing? And then he's like playing with gunpowder, and I was like, this is a weird anachronism to throw in here. And it's not an anachronism because it's fantasy, but like, why is there yeah, gunpowder? Yeah, he the like, I can't stand the anachronism with these trimmed beards, and I'm like, who's driving know, me crazy, You know, man, everybody... real, right? Like, you do know that doesn't exist? Like... <laughs> Right, but everybody sitting there was like greasy, awful, curly white boy hair and these like perfectly yeah, trimmed beard. Yeah, everyone has this okay, perfectly yeah, trimmed beard. Yeah, let's talk about so first of all, first of all, all of the Poor men all of the men in this movie are better looking when they are dirty and sweaty. And this is a okay. known fact. Well, except for <laughs> Orlando Bloom. However, the funny thing <laughs> I have a theory that part of elf magic is just always maintaining the ability to look like you walked out of a Pantene commercial. Because yes. his hair like it particularly I'm thinking of one of the scenes where they're chasing the hobbits in the beginning. They're chasing the orcs and like uh Aragorn his hair is like stringy and greasy and dirty and sweaty. And then Ar- <laughs> Legolas is just like Blonde, looks like it was just brushed, not a speck of dirt in his hair. Right, and the, the, the entire elf army shows up and they're like beautiful. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. They've uh, learned well, this we- about Vigo Mortensen, though, because he is like only in movies where he gets to be dirty. <laughs> Like Hidalgo. It's, it's like to a point where everyone makes fun of him in the coronation scene because he looks terrible when he's clean. Yeah, terrible. Also, his beard is terrible in that too. Right. And oh. so, so the movies he did, the movies he did immediately after the Lord of the Rings series where he's dirty all the time are uh, Hidalgo, mm-hmm. where he rides a horse across the desert and is dirty all the time, and a History of Violence, which is like a regular ass like uh, action movie where he, you know, he gets all like Bruce Willis just crawling through an air shaft dirty. And then the other role, the only other role I know him for is is The Road, the Cormac McCarthy book. Uh, about the end of wo- end of the world, and this guy that like survives the end of the world by himself with a kid. He's in Green Book. I haven't seen Green Book. I refuse to watch it. <laughs> well, me too. But I've seen the preview. Right, but Looks- like that's what I'm saying is like that movie is bad. It's reprehensible, and that's because Viggo Mortensen is clean. He's. I was gonna say, is he is he not is he dirty in that one? Because no, he's, not- he's like a he's like a driver. Um. Also, the way he pushes those doors open when he comes back from his fake death. Mm. So this is the thing that bugs you, right? Because this didn't happen in the books, apparently. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about useless plot line number one. No, which no, is, no. Let's, no, 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 no. Also, I'm just going to apologize in advance. So first of all, welcome to week two of Mary Clay's sharp mental decline due to watching too much Lord of the Rings. 
in a short period of time. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, by, by January, Mary Clay's going to be sitting in a straight yeah, jacket somewhere. I have... The thing is, is it'll be better then. It's just crazy right now because I'm watching the I'm watching Fellowship of the Ring in depth in detail and we'll be watching an extended edition later this week. But I also have to go back and watch all of but I also have to go back and watch all of these movies so You're that doing we so can many talk projects about them. at one time about Oh, Lord of by the, the Rings. end of this month I will have recorded eleven podcast episodes. Whether they're mine or other people's podcasts. Wait, what other shows are you appearing on? Um let's, let's well, shout three them all of ours out. and sure. four of hers. <laughs> no more than okay, four of hers. <laughs> Yeah, I have four podcasts. Um, two of them you've never heard of. Um, yeah, they're doing oh, right. restricted do section episodes podcast. about yeah. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, my friend Christina started a podcast called The Restricted Section about Harry Potter, where we do chapter by chapter. And I appear on that. We have like a, it's our, it's a big friend group. So we like rotate who appears on each week. Um, and I recorded two episodes of that this month or i will have recorded um and then talking about bacon and eggs i was on as we're record wait yeah this comes out this th- last week i was on uh lord of the rings minute where they look at the movies minute by minute and each episode is about one minute at a time and if you want to hear me talk in depth about that terrible slow-mo reunion and return of the king and you want to hear me talk in depth about <laughs> It literally there was five second a five second glimpse of Faramir and Eowyn in the coronation scene. I went off for about fifteen minutes <laughs> on those five seconds. Um, uh, yeah, so I was on Lord of the Rings minute, and I think that was it. Just the three, maybe. No, that was four. Was that no? That was. Well, Wait, I mean, between between episodes talking about and episodes of this, so, that's yeah, so that's that was, seven right there was off the three jump. Po- yeah, there are three podcasts, and then. Uh, no, I've recorded multi- Lord of the Rings Minute Restricted Section Bacon and Eggs talking about. Oh, okay, that is for I don't know how to count. Hi, welcome <laughs> to week two of Mary Clay's mental sharp mental decline. I'm your host, Mary Clay Watt. Um I don't even know what I was saying. Where did we Oh right, okay, yeah. So air so so here's the thing. For and it pains me that people who have not read the book don't know this. Aragorn doesn't f- have a fake death plot in the book because it's pointless and useless and the only reason they put it in is so they could have Arwen come in and she is such a useless disappointment of a female character and I get what they were going for I get it they were like we gotta have at least one other girl in here and they tried to put in Arwen but it's terrible um I on Tuesday's episode as you're listening to this of Tolkien about my guest and I actually talked a lot about um how her character Arwen's character starts out with a lot of promise but she quickly it was like they were like oh we gave her one action sequence that's it we don't like we did our fit like wow what a hard day's work of female empowerment eh and then she just sits in Rivendell as a as a service to other men she just lies around waiting to save Aragorn the entire time basically and and Okay, so that's one thing. So the only reason they have Aragorn's death plot is so that they can bring Arwen back in. And it's also unnecessary tension because I would say there's a lot of other things you could be tense about. Um, And it adds like it adds a good 30 minutes to the movie that you don't need to be there. I think my main gripe is just they completely restructured the books versus the movies or they completely restructured things from the book to movie transition and it's all it all hinges around 
helms deep, which did not, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. Yes, it's a cool battle. Yes, it's awesome. It's great. It did not need to be an hour long and it did not need to be the climax of this movie, but they hinged everything around that. Okay, I'm done. I'm not done. But, but... Like, okay, here's Hold the on, thing. I have a few points as well. Ethan, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh. That was a lot. I know it was a lot. J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, God bless him, had no idea where to start and end a thing. He, yeah. wanted to write a, he wanted to write a book that was 1,300 pages long. That's fine. Um, if it came out as one book, that'd be one thing. But, like, uh, Boromir dying at the very beginning of two, it's a bad idea. Uh, Helm's Deep not being climactic was a bad idea. You hated yeah. Two Towers. That's part of the reason. Um, no, this is, the reason was Frodo this is and Sam. It's fine. No, it's right, not. Okay, but, but like, that's what I'm saying is Two Towers is anticlimactic and, and boring uh, because it's a lot of stuff that happens no. in the middle. But for the movie, they made it happen at the end uh and you t you talked earlier you're like we well, could have just done it different and like started on the stuff and return to the king but like the movie has to end every three hours like that's the thing is like no if it you're doesn't it, it can end at two hours but it can't <laughs> could have ended return at king's two four hours, hours. That's, return the the king's four hours. that's the thing is they were like we're gonna make return of the king be long as hell and it, it, it didn't need but to did be you want it to be another not... hour long is the thing like no no no, no. it could have if you take out okay if you take out Aragorn's death plot, and if you take out Faramir's complete decimation of a character, which I'll get into as well, um, you would, and you, because I've heard people say like, oh, well, if they don't make Faramir bad in the movies, then what is the threat against Sam and Frodo? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe Mordor? Maybe Shelob? Which is what happens in the book when they get to Mordor in Two Towers? Right, if but if Faramir just... doesn't happen, but if Faramir doesn't happen, Frodo and Sam don't get to be in the movie, right? Like, it's just, we cut back to them every five minutes and they're going like, la da 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 Gollum let us into the swamp. Well, then they're not in the movie. Well, then they're not in the movie that much. We all admitted that we don't like watching it that much. That's fine. Correct, but that wasn't an option then back then, no, right? But they then hadn't. But they hadn't let. They hadn't left Bran out of entire season of Game of Thrones at this point. Like that didn't happen back then. Bran then it's sits on the throne. He needs to have the best story. This is why he needs an entire season dedicated to him and not be out of the story. Uh, hmm. But this. But is there was no advancement to make. <laughs> See, here's the thing: is that if they and also if you don't make Helm's Deep an hour long. But it's not an hour long because they cut back to the, the ants have to destroy Isengard. Frodo and, and, and Sam That's have it. to have to destroy us Gilead. Like all of this has to happen in the middle of Helm's Deep. If you cut no, it the Helm's Deep, no, it doesn't. If you, <laughs> so I told you we were gonna thing. fight. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Aragorn's death makes the warg scene worthwhile. Otherwise, it's like, Warg showed up, and we killed him. And that was about it. Yeah, right. and that's, guess what? That's another thing that doesn't happen in the book. Because Peter Jackson's so into the future and was like, you know what? I'm going to use the Wargs in the first Hobbit movie. And it's going to be a really big uh, climactic moment at, like, right halfway through the first movie. He was he was predicting the future, like, James Cameron style. Like, I'm going to make a sequel 17 years later and be like, ha Wargs. F*** you. Okay. And so he put him in this movie. He put him in this movie because he was like, I gotta prove the purpose. So we gotta we gotta run people off the same hill with the wargs. So my thing is, it's just that if you if you take out the two big unnecessary plot lines of two towers, you bump you a bunch of five stuff, minutes. You no, it saves a good half an hour at least. And you push the stuff from Return of the King that happened in Two Towers book into Two Towers movie, then you have Two Towers and Return of the King being both a reasonable length of time. And also the fact is the fact remains that so much is cut out of Return of the King that did not make it into the movie. And you could have made if you wanted to have your three and a half hour movie, you could have put that stuff in. Okay, okay, counterpoint. If Helm's Deep, well, we'll we'll cut it back from an hour because it's not an hour. If Helm's Deep... Okay, half an hour, whatever. We, we'll say 40 minutes. Helm's Deep being 40 minutes means I had to watch some god-awful episode of Game of Thrones in the year of our Lord 2018. Uh, 
it was not 2019. Awful. You're a bitch. <laughs> because they had to. We made the longest lo, fight sequence. Lo, oh, ever. I don't want to watch Game of Thrones. Pussy boy is all I'm hearing. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Why do they have to make that the whole fifty three minute? Hey, battle I need scene? I need context here. What what's happening? So, so Helm's Game Deep was the longest tell or longest filmed battle sequence in movie or in in like oh recorded history until uh, the Game of Thrones last season did a, like an hour and fifteen minute long well, that's battle dumb. episode. I should add, I've heard. Um, I haven't looked in. She I haven't was looked. Epic is all I'm saying. Okay, great. Arya Stark kills the king of the what? Did yeah, she kill the, like witch the king? most boring. So, I mean, so yeah, cool. Like she drops the she drops the dagger and she catches it and she stabs him. It was that easy from the start. Hey, this show is stupid. Miracle, but it wasn't that easy from the start. Uh, you just haven't watched the rest watch of Game it. of Thrones. Don't tell um, me to watch Game of Thrones. I'm not going to tell you to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> Have you considered high fantasy? Here's the problem, by a Mary white Clay, man. Uh, if you, yeah, if man, if you didn't like Lord of the Rings books, <laughs> don't read the Game of Thrones books. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Because that's for it's anyone, Lord of the Rings. Hey, it's Lord of the Rings without magic. It's, I've already it's said. I've already said it on Tolkien about a couple times, and I'm going to say each it here book too. is as long as the whole trilogy. Um, I will not be reading Game of Thrones for Tolkien about. No, you'd once be I here finish. till the end of time again no. because there's five no. books so far, and each of them is I, the length of the whole trilogy. I may hate myself, but I don't hate myself enough to do that. So, oh, but the books are good, just not week by week. That's a funny joke you just told. That self-deprecating humor that you just did. Anyway, that was funny. Um, I laughed. Here's the thing. Okay, so Mary Clay, I was. It, this was 2002. It was just. It was Christmas 2002. I was about to turn 10. This is the coolest. Shit that ever. has ever happened. I get okay. that. Was it? Okay. Was it? See, it's not even ever. the coolest okay, and that's with Sir Christopher where, Lee to happen this see, year. See, that's where I have trouble with the rating that I gave at the beginning is because, like, on an objective level, I look at this and I'm like, yeah, that was a pretty good, that was a good movie. That was pretty cool. I, I get that. I understand it. I just cannot separate from, the like, battle, my knowledge of what I know from the books. And, like, that's what, like, really ruins it for me. The Battle of Helm's Deep is better than the... Uh, Count Dooku Yoda fight from Attack of the Clones. No, it but, just is. Okay. It just I'm, is. I'm not, I'm it not just arguing with that. Is. I'm not arguing with that. <laughs> I'm not arguing with that. I will say, Anakin wielding two lightsabers for the first time we ever see a Jedi do that was cool. That's all. And it happens. Literally, I watched Attack of the Clones last week. It happens for like okay, but so like five here, seconds. okay. So I was I was nine years old, and my dad was trying to show me movies like Lawrence of Arabia, right? Four hours long, this dude dragging his ass through the desert, and eventually there's a big fight scene, right? And ten and nine year old me got to watch this movie in the theater with my dad, turn to him and be like, "Russell, that was cool. Your stupid ass movie was lame." <laughs> Did you see the part where Legolas with the <laughs> the Battle of Helm's Deep? The Battle of Helm's Deep is one of my favorite hours of recorded video ever. And I there's understand. absolutely nothing you can do to change my mind about it. No, you can I'm not literally, trying to. I, I could separate art from the artist on this one, I think. The, I, did you not hear the part where I said, yeah, objectively, I understand no, how I it's heard a cool it. battle? No, I heard it. I, I gotta get, get I gotta get the thoughts in there, okay? I got it. Because I understand where you're coming from. And I'm also, um, yeah, I also don't want to come into this trying to, to harsh on your and, and, yums hey, listener, for this if, movie. If, so. if you want to go, if you want to listen to me talk about how stupid the Helm's Deep chapter was there's an episode of that's what i'm talking about about that where i i every three minutes was like this is so much better in the movie this is so much better in the movie because it's like they're they're narrating the, he's writing out it's, the like legolas and gimli uh had their little little pissing contest about uh how many orcs yeah. they've killed and 13, i'm like oh this is, this is so much better in the movie this is so much better <laughs> and it is that is can't 
can't fault me on that one. That shit was funny. Yeah, it was good. Oh, I love, I love all of Gimli's stuff. That's true. I'm up 17 already. <laughs> I'm not gonna pro- let some courtier uh, beat me. When they're panning over and he's like, you could have picked a better spot, huh? <laughs> when they're just... When you're just standing like there on two, the wall. Two feet away from them, and there's like a hole in the wall. Why? <laughs> but my question is like, Gimli doesn't, he's not an archer. He doesn't have a bow and arrow. Why would he be up there? Because they're, they're coming up with ladders. <laughs> but they don't know that yet. He's yeah, they of do. no they're use at that point. Yeah, they do. He's of no use at that point. They're, they're watching, like, yeah, they're watching these orcs here. march up with actual siege weapons. They're like, oh, <laughs> Um, we might, hey guys, hey, hey elves, we might be screwed. <laughs> I know you guys have been alive for like 6,000 years. You're going to die yeah, today. Yeah, you're going to die today. <laughs> so that's a, okay. And I also want to give an example Why would the of elves like, fight for them? I do, okay. So I do really because quick want to talk about the elves, okay? Um, when did, hang on, I got to look at something. Bear with me real quick. I got to, okay. I got to, I just, okay, just well, Eric, while Ethan's looking, looking this up? that up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I just want to say that like, for an example of like, I'm able to appreciate changes from the book. Like, it's not just like, a, oh, this was different in the book kind of a thing where I hate it when they make those changes. Do it more nasally next time. I think <laughs> Actually, it didn't really happen like that in the book. If you read the original Tolkien um, source material. In the, in the books, the elves do not, they don't do jack during this entire time, except for Legolas. Literally, Legolas is the only one who does anything in Gladriel. Um, and they don't show up in the Helm's Deep battle at all. So I don't mind, like, I think that was a great, it made for a very, like, triumphant moment. When they show up, you're like, oh, all hope is lost. Like, no one's going to come to help us. And then the elves show up. And, like, that's a great moment. And oh, it the was mighty immortals. much needed, much needed help, you know? So, like, I'm capable of appreciating, cha- you know, book to movie changes. I can do that. I appreciated the part where Legolas uses the shield like a sled, right? And he goes down the stairs and he's just gripping what him is and this ripping him, bro. Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, the, the Zelda developers were definitely watching this like, <laughs> Take oh notes. man. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the SpongeBob. Write that down. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, Ethan, did you find the thing you were looking up? I did. Okay, so... It was about Urban Brand. I want to talk about the elves for a minute, okay? The elves that show up. Because <laughs> I like the dude that uh, comes Haldir. up and is, is just like... Sure, whatever his name is. The elf that comes up and is just like, it'll be an honor to fight against men once again. But like, what the f*** was Jason Isaacs doing that he couldn't do this role? He looks like Harry Jason Potter. Isaacs. Who's Jason Isaacs? Jason Isaacs is Lucius he Malfoy. He plays Lucius Malfoy. Oh, yeah. He's, and yeah. he's, okay, so he's that guy, but cooler. And, and one of the, uh, one of my live tweets during my four years ago when I was watching Fellowship for the first time was when Legolas entered, I tweeted, oh, look, it's the love child of Lucius Malfoy and... Will Turner because that's it what is he is. Will Turner. I know it is Will Turner, but it literally <laughs> it's Will Turner. If you it is if Lucius Malfoy and Will Turner had a child. I remember. So I I have seen uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, The Curse of the Black Pearl, way more than I've seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies. Like way. Oh more. yeah, way, way more. more. And so like I remember watching uh, Pirates for the first time, being like. Man, it's so weird seeing Orlando Bloom without blonde hair. And then I watch one of these movies now, and I'm like, man, it's so weird seeing Orlando Bloom with blonde hair. (laughs) It is weird, okay? It's a weird thing. This is the point that I was making earlier. Remember when I was like, what is gunpowder doing here? And then we got talking about beards, which reminds me I need to trim mine so I look like I belong in Lord of the Rings. 
Uh, you got to grow out your hair, though. I've got a perfect Lord of the Rings beard going on right now. I, I know. Fantastic. It's trimmed. It looks great. Yeah, Same. Great. I, we got on the call, and I was like, what a great Lord of the Rings beard. What a great I, Lord I of the Rings the, beard. I want to talk about I'm something not dirty I genuinely enough. love. The genius of Tolkien, and maybe the genius of Peter Jackson, I don't know. The symmetry between the one weakness of Helm's Deep being this tiny, great that can fall to the obvious weakness of Isengard being this absolutely breakable dam. Oh, yeah. I didn't get that at all. I thought you were going to go I thought for that it. was genius. I thought that was brilliant of like the one weakness of Helm's Deep is this tiny little thing, but it's reinforced by nobodies. See, uh, and then Isengard is protected by this unstoppable Urukai army in Saruman. And, but their weakness is this giant dam that all you have to do is, is knock out one post. I, um, see, Isengard I got, flooded. I got more of a, Oh, Helm's Deep, this great impenetrable fortress has this one tiny flaw. It's kind of um, like Sauron, almost, right? Yeah, kind of like, like Sauron and how Frodo is a hobbit and he's this one tiny flaw. Yeah. The flaw oh, in the plan. It's all so That's good. Harry Potter chapter. I also felt like uh, when, as long as we're comparing things to S- Star Wars, which we weren't, but the Death Star also has that little exhaust pipe that... Anyway, when Luke gets out of the X-Wing and he's like, hey, all you fellow rebel pilots that I've known you so well, even though he left Tatooine for the first time like two days ago, that was how I felt when Aragorn was like, hey, elf man who looks like Lucius Malfoy, we're friends. What's up, pal? That's how I felt in that moment. It's, uh... I was just saying the assumption that he looked enough like a seal door to the elf guy. They met in, um, Lothlorien. Did they? Ah, okay. Yeah, he's the main... I didn't make this connection at first, because I I was like, who is this elf? I've still never made that connection until right now. And I had to look it up. Um, I was too busy thinking about Galadriel and her, like, (laughs) Eddie Van Halen music video. (laughs) Yeah, this is the same elf that when they're in the forest and they get... Gimli's like, I have the ears of a fox! And then they turn around and there are all these arrows pointed at them he's like the main elf who's there and aragorn speaks in elvish to them and it's like we need help um oh speaking with i just want (laughs) there's a a meme or a joke of like can you imagine being uh like in the art you know rohan and you're getting ready for the battle of helm's deep and you hear aragorn and legolas talking in elvish and then all of a sudden aragorn just goes then i will die as one of them (laughs) and you're just standing around like what? <laughs> what? Yeah, but that was such happen? a great scene, though. <laughs> oh no, it's a great scene, but I just like I I couldn't like un yeah read that. Oh, sure, so sure. whenever I see that scene now, I just laugh of like you're just standing there, then you just hear then I yeah. will die as one of them. You want to talk about <laughs> unnecessary moments that could have cut from the uh, movie? Is oh, Aragorn talks to the kid? Um, <laughs> I texted y'all. Can you imagine when he's flinging the sword around and if he was just like one foot forward? And I was just, just, yeah. Just, I was watching earlier, like, what is this scene doing here? What if he hit the child? I thought it was going to be something where, like, he... He takes the kid's sword and tells him to go. But it's just a random kid. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell. Another thing they could cut is in a moment of, like, why is Two Towers so long? Two-minute scene for Shadow Facts. (laughs) Oh, I thought that when... I'm glad you brought that up. When that showed up, I was like, oh man, this is, America's going to love this because they actually spent, you know, the amount of, well, the Tolkien no, amount no, no, of time. No, yeah. Well, no, no, but yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing though, is what they cut, which is the best part about the shadow facts thing and Gandalf and Rohan is that Gandalf stole shadow facts from Rohan when he was Gandalf still the Gandalf the Gray. 
It, Gen of the White is like and a he gangster. Stole Shadow right. Facts. And so when they show up to Rohan and they're like, you're not welcome here, that's why. It has nothing to do with like, oh, our king is possessed. Yeah. So it okay. has everything well, to do with they they're mad because he stole Shadow Facts. I meant to talk about something last week and I'm gonna bring it up now. Uh, I have a couple mechanical questions that Mary Clay might be able to answer and might not. Um, I'd wager white might not. Yeah, what happens to Gandalf? Because when we sh- okay. when he shows back when he shows back up, yeah. he's like they're like Gandalf, and he's like Gandalf. Who? Yeah. Who the hell is Gandalf? And he's like, oh, oh that was right. Gandalf the Grey. I'm Gandalf the White. Never so, heard of that guy. <laughs> I think that might be a, a movie thing more to show that like, oh, this is quote unquote a different person. So what happens is what happened was, and this is my very amateur understanding of what happens. Well, so in the movie, we get two minutes of nonsense prior to that. For those of you who maybe haven't listened recently, uh, what happens before this is Gandalf gives like a total account of him fighting the Balrog and it makes no sense whatsoever. He He's like, every day was a lifetime and all this. Okay. And so then he becomes Gandalf the White. I don't understand how it works. So if you could tell me, that'd be great. So <clears throat> when he and the Balrog fall, it apparently it's like endless falling and they're fighting and falling and Gandalf is on fire and he's fighting him. And then eventually he like chases the Balrog outside of Moria, I think. Also, I should give the disclaimer that I read this chapter, I don't know, a year ago now at this point. Um, and the Balrog is defeated and Gandalf the Grey dies. But what what happens is, is that he Gandalf the Grey was the reason he's a wizard is because he was sent to Middle Earth, essentially, for a quest and a purpose. And that quest and purpose failed. But the other thing is that Saruman's quest has also failed because Saruman is evil and it's not going to get accomplished. So he kind of like it's kind of like a Harry Potter platform nine and three quarters purgatory thing where he like goes up to die and they're like, no, your journey isn't over yet. We still need you to accomplish this one one big thing because Saruman isn't doing it. So you're going to take over for him. So he gets sent back. Um, he's naked, by the way, <laughs> which I just thought was a weird detail that Tolkien decided to throw in unnecessarily, but whatever. Um, and Tolkien might be gay. <laughs> we, just a bit, just a bit when, you know, I when like Frodo, the part where Eowyn is like, Oh, he doesn't love me. He loves Legolas. Legolas. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's like that. Okay. Um, what was I saying? The, 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 mm, he, yeah, so he essentially comes back to Earth as Gandalf the White, and he is like, quote unquote, he is a higher, because white is higher than gray um, in this like order rank of wizards. And so now he's on equal footing with Saruman and I guess supposedly has more powers, but we also don't really have an understanding of what Gandalf's powers are other than he blesses the beer at the Prancing Pony and he blesses Bill the Pony. Oh, which side note, I really wish with all of my heart that the horse that found Aragorn had been Bill the Pony. It was Aragorn's horse, right? I know, but it would have been it would have been so good if it was Bill the Pony who found him. Oh man. Anyway, um, yeah. So I believe that is that is my basic understanding of what. Oh, and then. There was something where, like, he's on the mountain and he flies on here, which is the, the eagle. Um, also, listeners, the reason the eagles don't take them to Mordor is because the eagles only do. They're like the ints, but worse, where they only do what they want to do. 
And also, they're powerful creatures. So much like we can't have the elves or Gandalf take the ring, we also can't have the eagles be near the ring either. So that is why they don't fly anyone to Mordor. But it's not, though. They don't fly the, them to Mordor because then there wouldn't be books, right? Like, that's the real thing. No! Okay, well, if you want to talk about it, just... I didn't mean to bring it up. If you want to talk about it, just give it to Tom Bombadil, because he's not affected by the ring at all, but Tolkien See, it's invented wild that you this character that... and then was like, you know what? That's too powerful. I can't come back it's, to it's, this ever again. It's really hilarious you brought that up, because that was going to be my next question, is uh, we talked about it a little bit on your show, Mary Clay. I know Tyler wasn't here for it, but how the ring work um i also so, don't know because i don't have question, right i, I have don't. a question for you mary clay i i genuinely have a question for you um i remember reading fellowship as you were reading it and i i was listening to it and putting an infant to sleep and also putting myself to sleep so there are a lot of finer details that i missed but i loved the poetic writing um is the ring making you invisible a movie thing no that happens in the book are you sure yes but just to bilbo and frodo not to tom bombadil not yeah, to i will say Sauron. tom bombadil so so yeah the the reason okay i should i i want to also add that like all of this like oh they cut tom bombadil zero out of a hundred is all a joke okay it's all me playing a character i understand why they cut tom bombadil obviously it's not that big of a uh you know I don't know. He what made word no I'm sense for. in Whatever. the book. He it's just that he is an enigma of a character. And Tolkien invented him, wrote him, and then was like, that was a mistake. He's too powerful and just never touched him again. And he's also the thing is, the thing is, is that he is like the one thing you have to understand. In the world of Tolkien, he explains everything. Everything you could ever wonder about, basically. He explains it. Except for Tom Bombadil, he's like, pe- like readers would write him letters and be like, "Can you, can you explain more about Tom Bombadil? Why is it that he isn't affected by the ring?" And he would be like, oh, "You think too much about this," and then would leave it alone. And then he'd be like, "Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that question about what the fourth ingredient in lame bus is. It's actually cinnamon." I don't know if it's here's the real but. thing is like J.R.R. Tolkien is a real or was a real person that like lived and existed and like went to war and stuff like he could have just been high as on opium. Oh, I don't doubt that. Oh, like, I don't doubt that. At and all. been like Tom Bombadil, my dude. I don't doubt and then that. Just left it because like clearly all. he didn't he didn't cut anything. He's an uh, acid trip. He's yeah. an acid trip. Of a I don't know if they invent, had invented um, acid when J.R.R. Tolkien existed, but I'm sure they did. Who knows? Um. It, but what's funny is that he was so mad because in the 60s and 70s, hippies and stoners took up Lord of the Rings as like their thing. Because How of could all, you not? Yeah, because all the characters in it smoke weed. And, right. and Tolkien was like very upset with this. <laughs> and he didn't like the alternative culture or whatever uh, embracing his work. <laughs> Um, okay, but your question about the ring, the answer yeah, how is... Yeah, the ring... Because, like, okay, so... I don't know. Yeah, so Sauron presumably um, doesn't turn invisible. Unless... We did talk about this I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. unless he is invisible inside of the armor... <laughs> and I don't find know. that unlikely because, because Frodo's clothes disappear. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, theoretically, he, if he, he's the one that forged the ring so powerful that it could rule all others, theoretically, he could forge armor that doesn't disappear so it might right? be a like, thing that it doesn't disappear because he's the one that made the ring it could be that it doesn't di- he doesn't disappear because he's the one who made it i don't know the um, ring seems to just gain and lose powers because what does the ring do and like how 
does it rule so the, so the, the, the danger of the ring is here's can i give you my interpretation yeah my interpretation is that the danger of the ring is that it is the lure of power the ring itself would not have made the armies of Gondor or Rohan any more powerful. It would make them believe that they were more powerful, which would lead to their inevitable destruction at the hands of Sauron. Mm. It is it is like none but the lure of power. Because But that would imply that Sauron wanted to lose the ring. That's, no. Because yes. with Sauron wielding the ring the, the ring only obeys sauron for power so if sauron has it an emissary of evil it does but, increase his power but wait, what powers does it have though i think i think honestly in this universe like brute strength so i think one thing it is is that i think it would give sauron the power to control everyone and everything especially creatures of darkness and so like that's why when frodo puts the ring on you can see i've been calling it he goes into the upside down um mm where it's like the ghosty world and he can see the ring rate, the nine men as they were. Um, and the reason also I should add the reason that they, the nine men are turned into ring rates and not the dwarves or the elves or be, it's because men are weak. That's it. Men are weak. That's literally the example. And I'm like, all right. And you Tolkien. said this wasn't a feminist. It's really series. funny. It's not. It's really funny that you call it the upside down um, because Stranger Things is based like almost entirely around Dungeons and Dragons, uh, yeah. which actively ignores the existence of uh, James, John Ronald Rule Token at all costs as it's much a, as they a, possibly can. It's a Tolkien hated Gygax thing, though, right? Right. It was like a cease and desist. Right, right, right. Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think it's both. I think it's both ways. No, because at first, I think in, I, I don't know the history of it, so I could be wrong, but I, I believe in first edition, it was Hobbits. Really? Okay. Because and everything, then, everything in the current edition is credits R.A. Salvatore. Um, right. And it's halflings. It's halflings and it's all kinds of other things. It's his, his, and, and uh, I would say that everybody else, every other fantasy writer that isn't Tolkien has a different idea, has the same different idea of what elves are like. Well, sorry. What's the question? No, there's not one. I just think it's funny <laughs> oh, that you okay. called it the upside down because like. Well, I think the other thing D &D is that. And, and, and Lord of the Rings are at yeah, odds. Yeah, D&D and, and Lord of the Rings are at odds. Okay. I don't know. I, I think the which obviously they like they like uh, Lord of the Rings in um, in Stranger Things because like they call the the route that they take home Mirkwood. Well, I think maybe the D and D thing also also has to do with like Lord of the Rings is such a vast world. I think it would be insane to try and combine. It's like two big things. You, you know? clearly don't know anything about Arya Salvatore no, then because he wrote way more than Tolkien did. <laughs> Okay, then I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but that's he's he's the guy that uh, that's current, my, the current. That's my explanation. So current D and D canon is is attributed to. Um, um, quoted a bunch in the player's handbook, and it's he's just wrong about everything. It's just 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 a short sighted worldview compared to Tolkien. <laughs> I've um, read some Ari Salvatore, and I don't like him. I've I've not read his own works, but I have read his excerpts in the player's handbook, and I'm always like, oh, that's that's pretty writing. So it that's, is that's as but far it's as like, I go. It's with it. just boring. <laughs> This is really boring. I'm sure it is. Uh, I'm really scared. Somebody recently told me to get into the Discworld series, and I feel like that's going to consume my life for a long time. Oh, Terry Pratchett's the best. Yeah, I know. But there are way too many Discworld books. There's like 55 of them. Why is that name familiar? Terry Pratchett wrote that book you read. Yeah. He wrote that one book you read. Oh, what's the name? Was it The Giver? Was that him? I don't think so. Oh, God. It's going to be tough to look up, like, oh, he was, books. Wait, what? Oh, he wrote like, Good Omens with yeah. Neil no, Gaiman. Yeah, there was another one. I didn't know you but read that. That's not who I... Yeah. I'm thinking You of. should read Good Omens it's if you fine. haven't. That would be a good break from Tolkien on That's What I'm Talking About. We will... I have The Hobbit first. 
we'll get there. Look, I, I, I'm covering, I can't remember if we were recording, not already, I, I told Ethan, um, I'm covering the movies until I think like the last week of January 2021. So it it's not when people are like, oh, you should do this after Lord of the Rings. I'm like, I still got a lot to do. The next three months are dedicated to these movies. We'll, we'll see where where my sanity is the hobbit is so much shorter though (laughs) yeah the hobbit is shorter but there's also there's still three apparently terrible movies movies after that i mean yeah they're they're garbage i don't know that they're that bad and then oh apparently (laughs) according to the according to the jr according to the now that's what i'm talking about book display table (laughs) of the bookstore i went in last week i apparently have a lot more of tolkien's works to go through somebody that works there was like oh man i know what i can do (laughs) look at this great pun so i have a certified bacon and eggs tangent to go on real quick where i would like to talk about a weird experience i had in a drive starbucks Oh my god, I have one as well, so go ahead. So, today I visited a Starbucks establishment yeah. to get myself a... And this does not go uh, with... This is not a story of me getting uh, the thing I didn't order, because it's Starbucks, and they've never gotten anything wrong ever. Um, except that my blows name. my mind, because if I go to Starbucks and I'm like, Hi, I would like a black coffee with two creams and two sugars, I inevitably end up with, like... Uh, a caramel macchiato and i'm like i mean i'm not mad i'm not mad yeah well so it's but- like i i do i want to sidetrack off my tangent here real quick because kate and i went to cookout recently and i don't know if you've ever been to cook to a cookout drive through but they don't ask any clarifying questions ever no yeah it is a process you have to already know <laughs> ever yeah. right like you yeah you gotta know okay the only clarifying question they'll be like is if you get like i say i want like a big double tray they'll be like what do you want on your burger um and so I just went and ordered like every, I just said everything for both of us. And the dude was like, cool. That'll be 1785. Please drive the next window. She was like, I can't believe they didn't ask you anything. He and knows. they got it hundred percent right. But I firmly believe that you could say any conglomeration of words to cook out and they would figure something out. You'd be like, hi, can I get a double crunch have Supreme sub beef for beans and a fish fillet sandwich with a side of, with a large mayonnaise, just a, just a cup full of mayonnaise. And they'd be like, yeah, okay, perfect. Thank you. That'll be nine forty-five. Please drive to the second window. Have a nice day. Uh, listeners who don't know what a cookout is, move. Move somewhere where they actually, have cookout. Actually, you know what? You know what? If you don't know what a cookout is, we could use you in the South because you listen to this show, so you're probably a pretty like, normal person. Come on down. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Starbucks, Starbucks, what happened? Um, so I get to the right. to the window and I order my uh, salted caramel mocha frappuccino because uh, it's this fall drink they have that I really like where it's just a mocha frappuccino, but it has uh, caramel syrup and sea salt on top of it. And it's delicious. Uh, and I pull up to the window. And the girl takes my payment and then the window closes. It's like one of those windows, the drive through windows where like if you get too close to it on the inside, it'll open. Right. And so from the other side, I hear blender noise and then I hear back and then the window opens and I hear (laughs) and a different woman comes over clearly wearing my drink. (laughs) <laughs> with oh, a broken baby. lid in her hand, like a broken blender lid in her hands, and goes, it's gonna be a minute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Poor girl. Are you ever mad? Oh. I'm never mad. No, I'm never uh. mad because Starbucks has never made me mad ever. Oh, man. They're like, oh, you spelled my name wrong. I'm like, yeah, but you knew it was you. Right. <laughs> but she just like, it was so funny because the <laughs> window okay opened and your I, name heard, wrong. I heard this go here. bad for her. <laughs> And she comes over, because she's got, like, the white shirt and the green apron on, and she is covered in brown <laughs> liquid. Just, like, like, like wearing, I mean, like, like you, if you had painted her, you would have done a worse, worse coverage area. So, I, I ordered, uh, Wendy's. Oh, there you go. It's first The steak. place where, 
square burgers because they don't cut corners. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a B square. So are the buns square? No. No, they're round. Do you they're not round. eat Wendy's? No. Oh, okay. Well, that's I have, different. I have she has beautiful cheekbones, so she looks like she shopped at Wendy's. <laughs> she would know. not see her cheekbones if she shopped at Wendy's. No, I eat at Taco Bell. I have like a teddy bear face. And Chick-fil-A and Cookout. And those are pretty much my three main... <laughs> Love cookout. My main, my main squeezes. Although that cookout on Broad Street sucks. So yeah, the that one sucks. So what's fun about cookout for Richmond is that the first one came and it replaced this old rat fast food restaurant that was a drive-through only, and then we got another one that was also drive-through only. So I did not know until college. That they that you can go into a cookout and so like freshman so, year our RA would be like you guys want to go to cookout like go you know sit around and and I'm like why would I want to drive so, somewhere just get food and come back here and eat it and they're like you can eat inside and I was like okay. there's an inside we're gonna have to contextualize here real quick listeners cookout is a type of fast food restaurant they only have in certain parts of the southeastern United States where you get like I don't know it's got the just Google it it's got the biggest menu of any fast food restaurant ever um yeah. There's no pictures on the menu. I'll tell you that much. Uh, none. What What you get? Question. Questionable. Who knows? I don't it's know. Good. You it's know good. All of it's good, though. I've never had it's anything dry. bad from there. Like, you generally um, know what a hot dog looks like. But lots, so. of them, lots of them are drive through and walk-up only, right? Like, there's no inside, okay? Now, our freshman year of college, that, that was not a cookout on Jefferson Avenue. It was a place called Pizza Castle. Uh, and it was it was a pizza restaurant vaguely shaped like a castle with, like, a turret on the front big circular room okay Mm -hmm. and then it became a cookout (gasps) and i went to school with a bunch of richmond people dude named steven plotz is like oh it's so weird this cookout has an indoors and i'm like uh yeah it's a restaurant it's shaped like a castle and he's like oh they're not all (laughs) shaped like castles and i was like oh okay (laughs) this cookout had a lot of interior space because it had a big circular dining room yeah that adds a lot more context because i i definitely remember sitting in that room with it a was bunch a very of bad well, pizza place called you pizza were born Castle. in the year 2005 right so like anything you experienced yes, i you am were like my freshman year we went to cookout i was like I am you're what f- that was our junior year 15 years yeah. old <laughs> on this podcast yeah. yeah that was our junior year so we were living in rappahannock river hall when mary club was a freshman going oh, to cookout man. too much room 4001 if you live in rap 4001 yeah if you're listening to this you podcast right now and you live in rappahannock river hall 4000 room 4001 at christian I'll university you 50 dollars <laughs> yeah but yeah <laughs> So you can buy Borderlands 3 and go to Cookout once. Or just go to Cookout a bunch of times. Or just, yeah, do that a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah. I don't, there's a pandemic, actually. Don't leave your The rap. pandemic uh, is Hey, there's a pandemic going on. Drop out of Christopher Newport University. They don't care about you. They don't want you to succeed or stay alive. Um, clearly. They do want the you to vote for Donald Trump, though. over just because it's over. Just because you're over it. It's a tough year, y'all. Uh, but really, so what was I saying? If you live in Rappahannock, four thousand. Oh, what, what anyway, I was saying is, I'll donate money to CNU when you fire Kevin Hughes. We'll talk then. I went to Wendy's today. Well, I didn't go because I haven't left this room since eight in the morning. Uh, but my wife went to Wendy's and brought me home a number eight, which is their new beer, cheese, and pretzel burger. Uh, and they must be making this beer cheese out of like Michelob Ultra and Velveeta. So most people what? make beer cheese out of, dude, is bad beer. What did you think? Yeah, what did you think? I mean, obviously, cheese. I didn't think I was getting some awesome beer cheese, but I like it is the the pretzel bun flavorless. The the patty somehow flavorless. You never had a Wendy's pretzel bun before. They used to do pretzel. They were the first place to have pretzel buns. 
Somebody else does a pretzel bun that's pretty good. Arby's. The roast beefs does a pretzel bun. Okay, I would like to talk about Arby's for a second. Arby's rules, guys. Yeah. Arby's is sick. It's because it's expensive. No, it's not. It's expensive fast food. You gotta go. You gotta go to happy hour and get the happy hour sliders. I got a I got a hot cheese steak thing, beef and cheddar with the Arby sauce. It's recently, hot steak. I can tell you what, it ain't steak. Beef, 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 roast beef. I well, because I try to say hot ham and cheese, but that's the 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 Hardy's thing. Um, the Hardy's like construction worker lunch thing. Yeah, Arby's is sick, y'all. You're underrating Arby's. It's the curly fries that do you good. Oh, it's the sandwich what? because it's just it's just roast beef and cheese on a bun. It's just real food. It's like on you, a seasoned bun. Yeah, on the uh, on like in an the ranking roll. of yeah. fast food fries, Arby's is top dog. Yeah, top dog. You want yeah. to talk about top Number, dog? Numero Don't uno. Don't bring dog. up. Do numero not bring uno. up. Do not seasoned bring up. curly fries. Hondo yes. P. Yes. Season color fries are great. I'm not arguing with that. I, I love Arby's I know what fries. you're going to re- I'll drive through an Arby's with. just to get fries. See, McDonald's has excellent fries. No. I'll tell you who see, does not have excellent fries is Wendy's. Wendy's. You know, oh, sea salt oh, are... fries. Sea salt fries means they have no flavor. They're cardboard. <laughs> I will actively uh, pay more money to Chick-fil-A to not have to eat their fries. I was going to say, also, yeah, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion or not, but Chick-fil-A fries are very it's hit or miss. Extremely unpopular. Whoa, when whoa, it's, when this, it's. Yeah. I don't it's a po- agree. When you get that's a popular pin with me. When you get good Chick Fil A waffle fries, they're delicious. But nine times out of ten, they are not because See, they have to be both hot and salted. You know, y'all. You know why I like cookout so much? Because you know what I can get as a side: a f- whole corn dog, or a whole quesadilla, <laughs> or chicken or nuggets, hush or hush yeah, puppies, get, or yeah. cheddar bites. They're like. Do you want fries with that? No, there's no who I don't never met anybody that orders fries with their with their cookout tray. I I've do. done fries. I've done I've done they're, uh, but their fries are good too. They're Cajun people. fries. They're better yeah. than yeah, Bojangles. Cajun fries every time. Oh, Bojangles has a bad fry. Bojangles is a bad fry. It's it's it's, but, it's seasoned, but it's bad. It's seasoned wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh Bojangles, I'll tell you the one thing about Bojangles is uh, I really like their Cajun filet biscuit. Oh, yeah. It's so that's it. Good. That's it. Have you, when was the last time you had a Bojangles tender, Tyler? Oh, I don't. I don't do the tenders. Hold on. But did, have you ever had them? They used to be good. Yeah, I uh, I was driving through recently. My pre- my wife is pregnant. I don't know if you know this. When your wife is pregnant, you eat a lot of fast food yeah. and you order half the menu every time. Oh, then I must have been pregnant the last five years of my life. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've been pregnant a lot. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I mean, literally, she came back from Wendy's today with two baked potatoes, two orders of chili, my number eight, an order of uh, chicken nuggets for her. And then there was something else. Oh, and another order, of, like another full order of chicken nuggets for Olivia, the one-year-old. So, and and what did she bring for you? Because that was all for her. Oh yeah. my god, the number eight no, with fries. I saw. Yeah, because you can't be trusted to go to Chick Fil A, Tyler. Clearly, um, you came back without any sauce. Hold uh, on, y'all. Hold on, y'all. Okay, first of all, um, dear uh, LGBTQIA plus listeners of Bacon and Eggs, we're sorry that we're bad allies. We are. We're sorry about this. Okay, because we eat Chick Fil A. Okay, it's hate chicken. We eat Chick-fil-A and we hate ourselves for it and we continue to do it anyway because we're bad allies. I don't feel as bad because one of my, uh, I mean, used to be like one of my best friends, but kind of, you know, drifted apart because of life. Uh, he is gay and he has said that he will like, you can pry Chick-fil-A from you his see the, cold dead hands. Did you see the guy on TikTok, the gay so. guy on TikTok that tried Chick-fil-A for the first time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he, and was, he like, was like, he's so oh, funny. He takes one bite of the chicken and goes, "Oh no, this is bad." Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. here's the thing. One, okay, I'm not, I'm not defending Chick Fil A. What they did was terrible. Yeah. What they, 
what they've done and like oh, the message that they do i have to tell terrible. you about every other company though i know <laughs> right. have i told you about we told you about jeff people. bezos um <laughs> right. can we instead shift gears to talk about an underappreciated fry which is the taco bell nacho fry are they still doing it no no i don't think so no but when they, they come when those because, because because taco bell because taco bell knows how to build hype right taco bell knows that if they take if they if they if they take stuff and pull stuff and put stuff back like if they keep if they keep taking the nacho fry in and out every month till the end of time, their sales will f- tuple. Here's the thing: because people are like, got, I gotta I've get got, the nacho fry. I'm not gonna be able to get the nacho fry next month. I gotta get the nacho fry right now. I gotta aisle four or five hundred of them. I, got, I, do I that. got two syllables to convey hype that I've never even had. Are you ready? Yeah. McRib. Oh, bro, brother, man. When they say when McDonald's <laughs> says they're putting the McRib back, I'm there every day. Okay. <laughs> There is nothing better. It is a it is a homogenous pork slab that's it's absolutely spam, right. It's dang. spam. No, right? it's not. It's no. not spam. It's it's okay. darker than spam. Okay, and it tastes like it tastes like pork ribs, <laughs> but without the bones in them. And they f- cover it in barbecue sauce, slam some pickles on it, and throw it on a bun like a sesame seed, like a long boy bun. Oh, oh McRib me till never, I fucking die, never bro. Once I had the McRib. Oh, and their fries are the best. You can't argue with that. Yeah, we can. We we did. They're not as good as Arby's, but if, if you're getting a, if you're getting a straight up and down potato fry, just like a straight fry made of potato, yeah, it's McDonald's. The nacho fry. I don't think Arby's makes that competition, obviously, because they make a curly fry. But when, when when you talk about a certain type of fast food, what I hear you talking about is Wendy's. Arby's is Burger gourmet King. fast food. Yeah, I hear Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's. Hardy. What else is in that? Chick Fil A, Cookout. No, no, no. no. These are Chick Fil A is next a treat. Level. <laughs> because yeah. because when I go, I'm not getting a combo. Okay, I'm not I'm not paying five ninety five for the for the number one combo Ow. with a Coke. I'm oh I am. I'm buying the sandwich and twelve nuggets and the Coke and a milkshake. Because <laughs> I don't, like, I don't like the fries. I j- should have done like that. So so Caitlin recently um, has figured out that she can win because they do. Uh, she works in a hospital, right? And they yeah. they have like unit bonding and stuff, and and the people will be like going away or having weddings or whatever. They'll be like, oh, let's have a food day, let's have a potluck. And Caitlin has figured out that she can be the girl that just brings nugget trays, right? Chick fil A nugget trays, and people will be like, oh my god, you're my hero, Caitlin. I yep. love you so much. You brought the mm-hmm. nugget tray, and that means she ends up coming back with a squeeze bottle of Chick fil A sauce. Mm. I've been putting Chick fil A sauce on everything. <laughs> I literally don't think I've ever had sauce at Chick fil A. So Chick Fil A sauce is just barbecue sauce and mustard mixed together, and it's it's delicious. It's honey mustard, and it's delicious. Because you think it's gonna be like McDonald's secret sauce, which is like just Thousand Island Island, with some pickle relish in it. Um, but it's not. It's like tangy and delicious. Not that McDonald's secret sauce isn't delicious. I love secret sauce on burgers, but the Chick Fil A sauce is different. It's just the same color as secret sauce. I'm um, Mary Clay. What? Your initials are MC. Where do you stand you. on the Big Mac? So, okay, I really wish in this movie how they had more of the ints. That's the thing. <laughs> Tell that... me more about the Big Mac. I want to know. I don't like McDonald's. You don't like, but have you ever had a Big Mac? No. Big Mac's best. Sandwich. I don't think you can talk about Big Mac's bad sandwich. I haven't. Big Mac is not the not you the best sandwich on the menu. About but you have to have. No, a Big you Mac. don't. No, you don't because. Okay, first of all, it's the like the only burger at McDonald's that comes with lettuce, and they have bad Taco Bell quality shredded lettuce at McDonald's. They do. I'm with that. 100%. And it's terrible. It also has a bun in the middle. In the middle. <laughs> you know what? I, but when I bite into it, I don't taste bun at all. Right, I don't but taste never, bun, never once have I looked bun. at a hamburger and been like, you know, make this better. More carbs. More, more bun. But who, I'm, I'm notoriously needs- not a carb person, right? Like I don't, I don't give a. Shit. 
bread or pasta or any of the rest of it. The base is the bun in the middle. It sells me on it. Anyway, Mary Clay, I would like to talk about the ants as well because they're the okay. best part of this movie, right? Like, and like Treebeard <sighs> is so cool. It's unfortunate because there, there was this is one thing that like it's really hard to translate from book to movie because there's a lot more of the ants in the books. But the reason is that Mary and Pippin like chill with Treebeard for for like two or three days, and it takes them several days to walk to the int moot and then they're at the int moot for several days because the ints are very slow moving creatures and that's something that like it's a really nice feeling when you're reading to sit into that and be like ah we're just with the ints there aren't any orcs there golem isn't here there's no ring it's just mary and pippin and treebeard and these ints and it's amazing Mm. yeah they're comic relief right like so uh so yeah so like obviously for a movie you can't do that because then it just grinds the pace you know the pace comes to a grinding stop basically because that's right. the nature of the ints um but i really i really like them oh i also have to say so yeah i was like really unforgiving with all of the cgi and special effects and whatnot last week for fellowship it was a lot better in Tree two beard looks really good yeah Treebeard looks pretty Disagreed. good it, it wasn't my favorite. I think it. I expected him to be a lot bigger. Um, yeah. So my imagining but... of Treebeard, because that's about where I stopped reading when I was reading along with you, was when I got to the ends. Uh, not because Traitor. I didn't enjoy it, because I absolutely loved it. My understanding was that Treebeard was like the biggest. He tree. is, yeah. He's like the oldest, and he's like kind of the leader of all of the ends, which is also. Why I was at the end when they have to like trick him into stumbling upon all of the trees that Saruman has destroyed. That's something that Book Treebeard already knows has happened because. Right. But it's so good in the movie, though. (sighs) Treebeard. It's so good. But because you get that moment of of Pippin being like, not this time. It's going to be all right. Uh, and that's just such a good moment. And because uh, you, you realize that like Pippin is pulling something over on Treebeard and Treebeard gets there and he has this like original idea that like, holy crap, Saruman has destroyed all my friends. Also, I, I do. I agree with you. I did picture Treebeard to be bigger, but like Treebeard is the tallest ent in the forest is like a thing you can write in the book. Right. That's a thing you can say. But when it comes to making it in the movies, like. That but means he's, he's taller than the other trees, and that's going to be wild. But he's CGI, so what does that matter? No, but it's just going to be, if it's just like the top of his head, if every scene of him is the top of his head sticking out above all the other trees, that's going to be weird to watch. So he has to be in the forest with the but trees. But he's only, he's only the with other ints a couple of times. He, m- no, my understanding part. was that he was taller than all of the trees. All of the trees, yeah. He's the tallest tree in the forest. So, so my understanding was that every tree, like when I was reading it, the way that I read it, and I, I could have been misinterpreting it, was that every tree could have been an end. Could have been an end. Yeah, I, I even get that part from the movie. But wasn't. Yeah, they. so that's something that was lost in the movie. Kind of what I was kind of like, it, it's hard to translate from book to movie with the ants because of their slow moving nature. And so that's something you lose from the, in the movies is like, there are all of these trees. So that's... The the ants have this like very sad story of like they are so they used to be like an army basically like there were so many of them but over the years they've dwindled away that we don't get a mention of the ant wives rip. So so my understanding was not that they dwindled away because they died, but because they like decided to permanently yeah, be trees. It's because it's because some of, it's because like over like as years passed, less and less of these like trees would like awaken, I guess. 
because right. of like I, I'm assuming because of like the growing darkness in the world. Oh, my understanding was it, my again my interpretation was that like the Ents were as alive as they had any reason to be. So in a time where the world moved slow, they moved at the world's pace. But like as the world sped up, they stopped having like any ability to keep up and slowed down further and then stopped. And that to me is why, and I, I sent this in our text message, is why I think Marion Pippin are the only ones that could have found and awoken Treebeard. That's what's... Was because oh my God, I like the whole them. culture of hobbits is I that they are so like yeah accidentally complacent and that's why yeah that's why and that's another thing in the book too where the only it's it was only the hobbits that could have awoken because when they talk to treebeard he's very like middle ground and is like yeah i mean yeah saruman's destroying all of our family and friends but like what are you gonna do and it's only the hobbits that because they enjoy the simple pleasures in life they enjoy being able to sit around and hang out and drink ant wash which makes them grow a foot taller than the other hobbits by the way um and like they're able to do that and it's it's kind of like how um in fantastic beasts newt scamander it's like only a hufflepuff could be the person to uh uh like you train and study no i see i'm not bringing this up because of our like weird house thing because like it's only the traits like only a hufflepuff would have like the compassion and patience and uh um and like kindness to care for creatures and to learn about them and so it's kind of like only the hobbits would be the people too and that's why it's so fucking insane because the ants have been around basically as long as tom bombadil and they have done nothing they've stayed neutral on everything that has ever happened and the two people to uh, to like finally move them to action are mary and pippin it's so good also i love how like for filming for this movie billy boyd and um dominic monahan 90 percent of their job was just like sitting because <laughs> yeah. they're just sitting, sitting and on talking to a green screen yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do think this force perspective, as long as we're nitpicking the CGI, uh, the force perspective in a few scenes, Treebeard was no taller than Aragorn compared to yeah. uh, Merry and Pippin. And it was like, right, okay, like, now you're Treebeard now you're is fake. Short. Why didn't you just make him huge? <laughs> right. I also didn't, uh, I don't think I necessarily thought he was going to be taller. I thought he was going to be like, kind of like white. I thought he was going to be like a big, like mighty, thick boy. <laughs> like one of those like willows. You remember those willows that they're, they're, I guess they're gone now where like like the you know what I'm talking? There were, I, well i don't think a whomping willow is the right thing you remember when you no. were a kid you go to somebody's house and they'd have this tree out front and the tree had like oh yeah you pull you a, know what i'm talking about yeah you pull the the whip off and then you run around the yard and yeah. smack your friends and, this is a willow tree they still exist <laughs> a weeping willow is, yeah well obviously it's a weeping willow is that what it is yeah, yeah where all the branches come down yeah. and they they form switches which is what uh if wow. you were <laughs> If you were people, whipped by your parents, people come down for south, some stupid yeah. reason. If yeah, in- this is the tree that I'm thinking of. Yeah, but I'm picturing a much more grand version of this. But um, but yeah, I think it's wrong about how trees work. Trees are fairly skinny for the most part. <laughs> I expected a really like big like wide like trees, boy. Trees can get pretty tall without being very wide for sure. Yeah. Like trees, trees are God's way of smacking humanity compared in the to face most for things our, like for architecture. Like trees can be taller than most things without being wider than most things for sure. Trees can I mean, be this. Obviously, the like the California redwoods are pretty thick, right? But like maybe the average oak imagine. tree uh-huh. that grows to be a hundred feet tall or whatever is like not that thick. 
I don't know. Tree Beard just looked very skinny to me, but I definitely think that- yeah they had to they had to scale him down a bit just because like again if he has to walk through the forest like you have to see him walking through the forest not above the yeah. forest that's the way that your mind wraps around it. I just want to fi- like how did he how was he like oh yeah there's a lot of smoke that's been rising from Isengard lately and he didn't but he also couldn't see all of those trees that were chopped down. I don't get he how talks he talks to the see trees it. that I don't know because Pippin like they look over and they're like there's a lot and he's like yeah the smoke has been coming a lot from Isengard lately but it's not until Pippin makes him go that way that he sees the well, trees. Well, so in the book, down, this so. is what I learned earlier when I was researching researching Osgiliath. Uh, in the books, Saruman's been making them damn Urukai for like 20 to 30 to 40 years. It's been a long game kind of right? thing. And yeah. like you think, in the, the movies speak, you think it's like four days for sure. Um, oh yeah, the timeline of this is Yeah, because like the, the, Urukai, the Urukai sacked Osgiliath like 50 years before the ring happened. Sure. And like Boromir was like a, I didn't know that. Boromir was like a child defending, not a child, but a like child. a like a teenager. Boromir and Faramir were like teenagers defending Osgiliath for the newly installed Denethor like 50 years before the ring Ooh, thing Oh boy, happened. we gonna have a fun time next week. Why? Denethor. Because so, we can talk about you Denethor. Say- um, okay, okay. So speaking, speaking of our favorite daddy of... Aragorn? <laughs> Denethor. Um... <laughs> We need to talk about the the elephant, not the oliphant in the room, the elephant in the room, which is only important to me, and I understand this, and it's that they decimated Faramir's character in this movie for no good reason. And what I, what I, so in the books, <laughs> I said I wouldn't do this. This is your other big change, right? Like this yes, is the, so this, uh, is okay. a, this is a very big change. It's not just like me overreacting to something. This is actually a very big change. In the books, they run into Faramir and he is very friendly and is like, oh, it's so great. Like, oh, you were with my brother. Oh, okay. That's very sad because I learned that he died. And they like, he brings them to this like secret hidden layout, layer place, layer is the word I was looking for and they have a feast and they're talking and at one point or another they like slowly reveal they're like yeah so um the we didn't accept because he finds out oh you were friends you were friends with my brother Boromir he's dead that's very sad do you know what happened to him like were you friends and it's like an awkward moment for them because they're like well um the last we saw of him he tried to kill me and take this ring and Boromir, I mean, Faramir is very chill with the whole situation. And he's like, oh, that's that's very sad, but understandable because the ring is obviously an evil power and we can't use it. So you will go to Mordor, although it sounds like you're going to the stairs of Sirith Ungol and there's a monster hidden in there. I wouldn't go that way unless you have to. And and then they leave and that's it. And they decided to repeat Boromir's plotline in Two Towers movie. And it makes me very mad because Faramir was such a... He was such a good guy. He was a, he was just a good, pure guy. And it was so, it was such a relief when you're reading Two Towers, the back half of Two Towers, and it's just... Air, uh, what are their fucking names? Sam, Frodo, and Gollum. <laughs> there are too many people. You, 
The easy ones. <laughs> there are too many yeah. people. Sam. <laughs> the, the one with like a human Sam, name. Sam, Frodo, and Gollum. And it, they're just miserable the entire time. And then you get Faramir. And he and the, everyone is happy. And he's a great... And you're nervous at first because you're like, oh my God, he's Boromir's brother. I hope he's not terrible like Boromir was. Oh wait, he's actually amazing and really surprisingly chill. That's great. And the... So, is there is there any chance, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but is there any chance that when you were reading the book, you were just like, not like 100% paying attention as this was all happening and it actually happens more like the film? No, because There's they're no with chance because, no. Like, like I remember reading The Great no. Gatsby and being like, man, him and Nick Carraway are pretty good friends. Like, I don't know if that's really true. I'm trying to think of a, a good comparison. No, I get what book. you mean of like were totally friends. misreading the situation or something. Right. I understand. There was a great example of that where I thought I straight up thought Faramir died when he I, comes this, back from this the battle. My, <laughs> this is my uh, anecdote: is I thought Hagrid was skinny. Like the movie wants you to believe that Faramir dies as well. No, because immediately Mary go, or Pippin goes over and is like, "He's still alive." Yeah, but that whole scene where he's riding into battle while Billy Boyd sings over top of him, they're he, definitely like, this motherfucker gonna die. I, thought he, I, very, I very much thought he was dead until it got to a scene a couple chapters later, I think, where I was, where it was like, Faramir sat up, and I was like, oh my god, cool. he's alive. Anyway, no, 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 Faramir is, he literally said, he's like, oh, I won't be tempted by the ring like my brother, or something, something LOL. to that effect. Yeah. And then in the book, I mean, in the movie, they completely, they threw all of that out the window because they're like, well, if we're going to have Helm, this goes back to my main gripe with this, is that if we're going to have Helm's Deep be the climax of this movie, we have to draw out Frodo and Sam's plot. And so in order to do that, we have to present some kind of obstacle other than Mordor or Shelob. And that came in the form of Faramir. And... I'm told that like there's an extended edition scene that kind of makes this make sense. And I <sighs> but, like it doesn't have to make sense, though. It is just how the movie works. I know. And it's it's something that like I, I'm just like quite literally it's a thing where I'm just choosing yeah. to ignore what happens in the movie. I like Faramir as the villain. Because it would have, for me, it would have been kind of like what they do with Aomer, where he shows up in the beginning, and you're like, oh, okay, we're familiar with this character a little bit, and then he's away for most of the movie, and then when he shows up at the end, you're like, oh yeah, this guy, he's 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 great. That's, that's he's how I feel cool. about Gandalf, though. And then, <laughs> and so I would have loved it if they have Faramir, you know, they're walking in the dead marshes and it's terrible and then the oh we got to talk about the cloak rock thing in just a second <laughs> um and and then they come across faramir and then it's jovial and friendly and he gives them a bit of advice and it's just a short scene and then they're off and then you're like oh that was a nice guy I like and then when he shows up in return of the king again you're like oh yeah him he was cool i'm glad we get to see more of him now and that's not what happens okay but talking about the real the real thing that needs to be discussed here that cloak scene <laughs> I, I i okay as a kid i would watch it and i'd be like i don't get it i understand that they had this cloak that like will disguise them as anything but, but like, as an adult i watched it and i was like i still the guy don't. was right on top of him right like how yeah. did he not notice so there's there's two elements to this and one is that that you, what you don't get from fellowship which i'm hoping is an extended edition thing um, is that the elves give them these cloaks that are basically made out of like elven fabric 
that's like camouflage material essentially and it's like super um the way it's described in the movie it like basically blends them into any of their surroundings essentially and so that's that's like why the cloak makes them look like a rock is because it's an elvish cloak the that's fine that makes sense if you have that context what doesn't make sense is that the orcs guard people whatever and i get that sauron's minions are supposed to be dumb but they're literally right there. And then Frodo's... Also, how did Sam... He fell down this cliff. How did he get buried up to his chest in in pebbles and dirt? Like, how did that happen when him with, with him falling? Like... <laughs> and then Frodo's like, oh, cloak, right as they're approaching. And it makes no sense. Let's see. Um, let's uh, see. My one, my one last point, because we do need to wrap, is uh, this film is not a sequel to the Fellowship of the Ring theatrical edition. This is a sequel to the extended edition, right? Because Probably, like the yeah. movies, not not about at all the things that fellowship was about like they had a fellowship you're like oh so frodo and sam went off a cliff i think but then they were not off a cliff uh and that boromir death was pretty sad and now we've got like all new characters we don't you don't have new characters well i mean i mean you get theoden and eowyn let's talk about how big eowyn's sleeves were I just didn't notice. I just didn't notice the sleeveage. <laughs> Every time she walked in, I was like, her sleeves are huge. Oh, okay. I have a question for y'all. And I don't know if it's just like a my female mindset and hating men, but... <laughs> is, Aren't men just the worst? Is the implication that Wormtongue has been like sexually assaulting her or something? Because it's very creepy. Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure I wasn't reading the room entirely different than how they intended. It's very creepy. And like, it's it's an interesting addition from the books. And it's so creepy and I hate it. Ugh. Anyway, okay. You want to talk about creepy and I hate it? We can talk about Shelob next week. Oh, wait. How, hey, there's so much that fucking happens in this movie. We also didn't talk about the blatant, blatant sexual tension between Aragorn and Eowyn that they would have made such a better pairing. We did talk about it, though, because you yelled about Arwen. And that's enough talking about no, it. That's why I, Arwen's in this movie is to remind you that, that Aragorn is a different love interest. I know, and it doesn't make any sense because, like, and, 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 and the book is it's supposed to be one-sided. It's supposed to be, but, like, you you watch this movie and you look at those longing gazes between the two of when he sh- when Aragorn shows up after almost not being killed, or, no, 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 it's at the end of Helm's Deep when they, like, embrace it looks like they are about to kiss. They are moments away from kissing. I'm not crazy, right? I think Aragorn and Legolas are only ever moments away from kissing. It should be Legolas and Gimli. Watch your mouth. No, no, that's a valuable platonic relationship. So where does this movie but go Aragorn on our big and Legolas. <laughs> okay, it actually is number one on our big board. I've already put it up. Uh, Tell us the numbers, though. So, <clears throat> so it gets a B&E score of a 92. Uh, which is rounded up from a 91.6. Uh, my score was a 92, Ethan's a 91, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 95, Metacritic, 87, Listener score, 93, and then Mary Clay is the anchor pulling everything down Woo! with an 80. It's what my family says about me. <laughs> <laughs> we did yeah. They're taking the Hobbits to Isengard. That was Potatoes. great. Potatoes. So here's the thing is, I didn't really a care red, about the a potatoes. A red sun rises. 
Legolas is so ominous. Good lord. Yeah, he's their elf. A red sun rises. Blood has been shed this night. But it's not any different than Aragorn being like, not hardly to leave the Lorien fall. And then, no, let's also, let's also talk about the fact, it's one of my favorite things that ever happened in the book. And it's the first thing you see, in Ar- you see Aragorn doing. And he has his face, his ear pressed to the earth because he's listening to it. He is that much of a ranger that he's like, he could like lick the dirt and be like, oh yeah, they went that way. Yeah, he, that's what a ranger does. <laughs> you should play D&D with us. <laughs> he listens to the earth. Oh my God. Hey, did you guys know that when uh, Aragorn kicks the helmet, Viggo Mortensen actually oh broke <laughs> <laughs> I did know that. Yeah. Cool. Um, this has been Bacon and Eggs. Our graphics graphics are by Vaishan Brandon, Graphite V and V on Instagram. Our music is by Andrew Scott Bell, AndrewScottBellMusic.com. I've been Evangelist with Tyler Carlin. She's been Mary Clay Watt. Until next time, Arriba Darchi. Arwen! <laughs>